citizens of the world. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report direct message for today, April 9th. <clears throat> April 9th, 2021. I just chugged coffee right before we started and it didn't fully get down. Here we are. Don't forget to subscribe and click that notification bell. I'm in a good mood. We've got a bunch of great stories today. Little zany, little depressing, little uplifting. I'll try to give you every emotion known to man in roughly 30 minutes. Uh, we're gonna start with some of this Hunter Biden stuff. He was on Jimmy Kimmel last night. I know nobody watches Jimmy Kimmel anymore. If you don't know who Jimmy Kimmel is, he's the blackface guy that's on, uh, I believe, ABC late night. Uh, and he interviewed Hunter and it was just absolutely ridiculous. So we're gonna play little clip of that. Then, uh, speaking of Joe, he uh, is gonna have male prisoners go to female jails. Yeah, and he had said that he was gonna do it months ago and everyone was like, nah, he's not gonna do it. But yeah, we're gonna be sending male trans prisoners into female prisons if they so choose to go there. That's just brilliant and seemingly the next idiotic thing on this crazy train that we seem to be on these days. Uh, then, the head of the CDC, who we played a clip of her last week uh, with her fear of impending doom related to COVID, as we seem to be opening up everything and everyone's kind of getting over COVID. We're just like, ah, okay, no more COVID. That's it with the COVID. Uh, she now has another crisis that we have to worry about that's even worse than COVID. And of course, it starts with an R and it ends with an M and it's racism. We'll talk about that. And then finally, you know, everyone, is always pushing this idea of $15 minimum wage as if the government has any right to tell companies how much they should pay people or, how, or that they should even be involved in the market at that level or it's, it's just so bananas altogether. But Marriott is now testing out kiosks, basically iPads to replace the people that would normally be at the front desk, which we already know this is happening at McDonald's and a whole bunch of other fast food places. And it's just such an obvious extension when the government gets involved with business, business figures out a better way. They always figure out a better mousetrap. So we are gonna cover all of that. And before I get to any of that, I want to talk to you about Raycon. I've got my Raycon earbuds right here, people. And as you know, once a year, I like to go off the grid for the month of August. I cannot wait to do it this year. Uh, but as you can imagine, unplugging is easier said than done. And what about the other 11 months of the year? I still meet, need my time away from screens and devices. And fortunately, by putting in my new Raycon wireless earbuds, I found a way to rest my eyes without missing the important content I need to do my job and live my best life. Whether you're catching up on Ruben Report episodes, spectacular show if you haven't seen it, listening to the audiobook version of Don't Burn This Book, great book if you haven't read it, or powering through your workout with a pumped up playlist, a pair of Raycons in your ears can make all the difference. I've been popping these in while I'm walking Clyde and I, I usually listen to music, but podcasts are good too. Uh, with no dangling wires or stems, Raycons come in a range of stylish colorways and always with a comfortable in-ear fit for a more discreet look. Raycons are built to perform anywhere and any time with water and sweat resistant construction, excuse me, and Bluetooth that pairs quicklessly and seamlessly and with enough battery life for six hours of playtime, you can unplug for a while. The best part, Raycon makes great sound accessible to everyone with wireless earbuds starting at half the price of other premium audio brands. Raycon's offering 15% off all their products for my listeners. And here's what you gotta do to go grab them. Go to buyraycon.com 
Raycon.com slash Ruben. That's it. You'll get 15% off your entire Raycon order. So feel free to grab a pair and a spare. That's 15% off at buyraycon.com, buyraycon.com slash Ruben. And now back to me. All right, guys. So Hunter Biden was on the Jimmy Kimmel program last night. Now, Jimmy Kimmel is the late night guy on ABC. He runs around, he calls everybody racist. I'm pretty sure he called Ben Shapiro racist. You know, he's just one of these woke people who used to host the man show with my buddy, Adam Carolla, and do all sorts of stuff related to women, but somehow he never got me too'd or they haven't canceled him or all the jokes, by the way, women jumping up on down on trampolines. These were jokes that were okay years ago. Now they're things that should destroy careers. But one of the reasons I think a guy like Jimmy Kimmel, who's probably a decent guy, the one of the reasons I think he's gone so woke is because he knows all of his history because it was the man show stuff, all the stuff he did related to women. He was also famously in blackface doing an impression of Carl Malone and the way he speaks. Carl Malone, obviously a black former NBA player, Utah Jazz, uh, went to the NBA finals in 96 and, no, not 96 and 97, 97 and 98. I got my facts down straight. Uh, but anyway, Hunter Biden went on Jimmy Kimmel's show last night. And before we show you the clip, the really fascinating thing about this is, let's remember, before the election, Twitter banned, banned the story about Hunter Biden's laptop from the entire platform. And it was taken off a bunch of the social media sites. So meaning this laptop had showed up at this store, the guy who took the laptop in realized that it was Hunter Biden's, they somehow get it to the FBI, New York Post runs a story on it, which they stand by, but it was banned from everything before the election, so we couldn't even talk about it. Now it's sort of leaking out that, yeah, it was his computer, it was his hard drive. There's all sorts of really whacked out pictures showing up. We're gonna show you just one, because I don't, I don't wanna show you a whole bunch of them. I mean, there's a bunch of nude pictures and blah, blah, blah. And by the way, I don't, I don't have a problem with anyone doing whatever the hell they wanna do in the privacy of their own home. This is more about the way the media treated the story. Before the election, we weren't allowed to talk about Hunter Biden, because obviously that was gonna hurt. Uh, that, you know, the guy they wanted to be president, Joe Biden. But now we can do this reconstruction thing related to Hunter Biden. And he can, you know, talk to, what was it, CBS about snorting Parmesan cheese out of the carpet because that's how desperate he was for drugs. And now that makes, you know, he's, he's the victim somehow. And then he went on Jimmy Kimmel last night and just take a look. Does it make you crazy when you hear someone like Donald Trump Jr. saying that the only reason he does is because he's a Biden and because of his last name and how just wildly comical that is? I mean, does it? It, it is wildly comical. Is that, that's putting it um, uh, lightly, I think. But but you know, I really what I've learned is this: is that I don't spend too much time thinking about. It. I do. I think about it all the time. <laughs> yeah. I'll think about it for you. Well, maybe that's why, because I have other people to think about it for me. I have other people to think about it for Do you me. know Donald yeah. Trump Jr.? No. You've no. never met him? No, not that I know of. Not that I know of. Man, look at the reclamation project they're doing on this guy. Now, I believe in second chances. We've all done bad things that we're not proud of, as Hunter obviously has done, and hopefully he's cleaned himself up and he's heading in the right direction. But, but everything they're saying there is complete nonsense. The implication that somehow Don Jr. would be you know, skating by, in essence, if he was found with crack and hookers and all the pictures and the laptop and the crazy text messages and all that. But somehow it's worse because it's Hunter Biden as he's on a PR tour going through Hollywood while they're making him look really, really great. By the way, if you're noticing his uh, fancy smile there, here's one of the pictures that showed up on his laptop. This is from smoking crack, I guess. It really messes up your teeth. Now, I'm not... 
I'm actually not making fun of him for that, so you can come back to me. I don't have to belabor the picture. It's not about or from smoking crack or smoking meth or whatever the hell it is he was doing. I'm not bringing that up, but the point is, if that was Donald Trump's son and the pictures were of prostitutes and the teeth and the drugs and he was talking about snorting Parmesan from the carpet, it's like the media would be destroying him, destroying the family, trying to somehow say, that this has compromised the president of the United States and it's a national security issue and the rest of it. But with Hunter Biden, no, he can go on blackface Jimmy Kimmel show and it's a reclamation project. So again, it's one of those stories that I'm really only covering, not because of the nitty gritty or any kind of holier than thou thing or to mock people with drug problems or whatever. But the point is that they treat things very differently. And, and that was a serious, gaslight move by Jimmy Kimmel there, like making it about Don Jr. when we know goddamn well what they would do if this was Don Jr. Let's not forget that a couple years ago, Don Jr. had a 10 minute lunch meeting with someone on the Upper East Side and people thought that meant that uh, the Russians were in charge of the United States government. So it's just nuts. But I also want to address one thing because it was my, uh, it was my producer Michael's birthday last night and I took the whole Rubin Report team out to dinner. We all went out to dinner last night and a photograph was taken of me and it was leaked, okay? It was leaked online and we went out to Boa in, in West Hollywood. It's my favorite restaurant in LA. It was the first time I was at an indoor restaurant in LA in over a year, almost a year and a half basically at this point. Um, and they've got some great steak there. I took Glenn Beck there once. He said it was the best steak he ever had. Uh, but in any event, this, this picture was leaked of me at dinner last night. And uh, so I just want to address it. Look, I just want to address it, yes, there was a little extra thing of Parmesan on the table and I grabbed that big straw that was, well, it was actually a candle. It was like a big special candle that was in Michael's birthday cake that we got him. And I grabbed the candle and I hollowed it out and I snorted all of the Parmesan. So like, look, it is what it is. Um, my, my agents at CAA and my publicist are looking into getting me on the tour. So I'm hoping that I can be on Jimmy Kimmel to talk about my problems tomorrow. And then you know maybe I can get on Colbert or that other guy that nobody watches or whatever it is. I, you know I'm not perfect. Like the Parmesan was there. I knew I shouldn't do it. I like I like that pungent cheese. I like it. And uh, I'm going to work through this stuff. And uh, yeah, I think you see my point. Let, let me show you one other thing related to all this because as I'm saying, this is really about the media reaction to it. It's not about the Parmesan and it's not about the teeth and it's not even about Hunter Biden really. This is about how the media treats things. So. Uh, a Gallup poll came out in the last couple days uh, talking about who trusts the media. So this is really, really interesting. So 75%, oh, sorry, 73% of the Democrats have trust in the media. So this is mass media uh, from a great deal to a fair amount from 97 to 2020. So over a 23 year period, 73% of the Democrats say they trust the mainstream media. You think that has something to do with the fact that they're always being nice to the Democrats? You think it might have a little something to do with that? Uh, on the Republican side, only 10%, one out of 10 Republicans trust the mainstream media. And frankly, if you're one of those 10 people, you're a little confused because they're really just awful. That number is too high. And 36% of independents trust the mainstream media. I mean, this is a pretty extensive poll done by Gallup, which is, as far as I know, still a reputable organization, reputable polling organization. But that disparity 
that basically, if we're to say that the country is sort of 50-50, we know how our national elections go. I don't wanna say anything about the election and get my YouTube channel deleted, but basically, you know, we're a 50-50 country, something like that. Well, if 73% of that, one of those halves, says, oh yeah, all that info we're getting from the mainstream media, that's legit, and, blah, 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 and only 10% from the other half do, well then, bang, we're right back where I always bring everything to, which is that war on reality and that war on truth, and how do we build a bridge over that chasm, as I called it yesterday. That is the tough part. I mean, I don't think at this point, if you saw what, what we covered earlier in the week with the, uh, the 60 Minutes hit piece on Ron DeSantis, which was a completely fabricated story, if you see that, you see the Washington Post, you guys know this, retracting their story from a couple months ago about Donald Trump pressuring the Secretary of State of Georgia to find votes and then it turns out not to be true. And it's like, did anyone get fired at 60 Minutes? Did anyone get fired at the Washington Post? No, they, they issue retractions or they don't issue retractions and nothing ever changes. So if uh, you're perhaps married to or live with someone or dating someone or friends with someone or family members with someone who is one of those 73%, you got some work to do, man. And I think it's best done over whiskey because uh, it ain't easy to unbrainwash these people. Uh, all right, let's move on. Uh, there's a really interesting story here. So just in the last couple of days, it's coming out that we are going to allow, at least at some facilities, we are going to allow biological men who identify as trans to go to female prisons. Now, I think you can see why this is probably not the best idea. I will do the disclaimer one more time, although I'm gonna really stop doing this because I don't like doing it and I think it goes without saying at this point. If you as an adult would like to identify any which way, uh, that is completely fine with me. Now, we're talking about criminals here, so let's move, remove their criminal activity for the moment. But as an adult, if you wish to live as the opposite gender, if that's how you feel, deeply and you want to dress that way and live that life and be called that name, I'll treat you completely with respect and the pronouns that you wish as long as you treat me with respect. Respect is a two-way street and we are good to go. So this has absolutely nothing to do with being anti-trans. I think what you're going to see is that this story has far more to do with these activists being anti-female. So we've got some numbers here from uh, the Daily Caller. Since January, 261 California prison inmates have requested transfers to prisons aligning with their gender identity. Just to be clear, what that means is 261 biological men want to be in a female prison. Why would that, why would that be, Dave? Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom signed SB 132 into law in January, a bill that requires the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation to ask every individual entering the department's custody to specify their pronouns, their gender identity, and whether they identify as transgender, non-binary, or intersex. The vast majority of these requests were from inmates requesting to be transferred to female facilities, and only six inmates did not request to be in a women's facility. Do you see how silly and ridiculous this is. The fact that we even talk about these trans issues as much as we do is completely, completely ridiculous. In many ways, it shows you that the woke activists has, have won, right? They've won because they've, they've set the table of the things that we have to talk about. But a story like this needs to be talked about because it's showing you how deeply corrupt 
and, and silly, these are silly people, a guy like to be recalled Gavin Newsom here in California. Imagine you you murdered a whole family, you murdered a whole bunch of people, you shot up a whole place, you get, they're bringing you into prison. Oh, hi everybody, hi sir, um, are, you, are you a male or female? And what, what pronouns can we call? Oh sure, you killed all those people, but are you a he or a she or a Decepticon or an Autobot? Please let me know. It's complete nonsense, but even putting that aside, the, 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 the pronoun part of it, putting the pronoun part of it aside, do you want people who are criminals, potentially violent criminals, I doubt we're talking a lot about a lot of white collar criminals here, do you want rapists and murderers and people who are in jail for all sorts of bad things, which is what usually uh, gets people put in jail in the first place. Do you want them being transferred to a women's prison? I watched Orange is the New Black on Netflix about a women's prison. The women are doing some pretty scary stuff, by the way. So there might be some guys that get there and be like, yo, yo, put me back with the with the, with the the men because these chicks are bananas. Um, so that's possible too. It may not work out that well for these 200, you know, 80 some odd, uh, you know, trans biological men going into the women's facilities. Uh, but if, if any of this is coming as a surprise to you, or if you're, for, if you're one of the good liberals left, one of the eight good liberals left who voted for Joe Biden because Donald Trump is orange, and you're shocked at how far the administration is going on all of this stuff. Now I get this is coming from California, Governor Newsom, but if, you, if you're shocked at how far the Democrats have gone, well here we're gonna show you a clip from before the election when Joe Biden promised to do just this. Yes, and by the way, in prison, in prison, the determination should be that your sexual identity is defined by what you say it is, not what, in fact, the prison says it is. And in that case, you should be entitled also to OGBYN. Anyway, uh, you didn't ask that question, but you're not likely to either, I guess. Okay, so he had one of his usual mental breakdowns there, but you can see that they were saying, this is what we are going to do. It's not gonna be the gender that's on your birth certificate or that the, the prison says that you are, the one that you actually biologically are. It's whatever you tell them that you are, and then accordingly, we will put you in that jail. This is not a serious country or, or a serious rule. These are ridiculous people that we are governed by, absolutely ridiculous people. and. I don't even think anyone believes this is right. I believe that there is a tiny sliver of activists that believe this stuff is right. But that's it, and for some reason, you watching this, and almost everyone is afraid of saying what the God honest, obvious truth here is, which is that we shouldn't be mixing these things and we know that there's gonna be more violence. And congratulations when a guy who gets put in jail for raping women says, you know what, I, what would, would be pretty great if I was in jail? Wouldn't it be pretty nice to have a cellmate who's a chick and then rapes her while saying that he's a trans woman? And guess what, when that happens, it's on Joe Biden's head. But fortunately for Biden, you don't even know what he's talking about. So I guess he'll, he'll be okay with it. Uh, all right, let's move on. So uh, the CDC, speaking of non-serious organizations, the Center for Disease Control has now declared racism a serious public health threat. This is a quote from CDC Director Rochelle Walensky. You may remember her from a story we did a couple days ago that we'll get back to in just a moment. The pandemic illuminated inequities that have existed for generations and revealed for all of America a known but often unaddressed epidemic impacting public health, racism. 
It is not just the discrimination against one group based on the color of their skin or their race or ethnicity, but the structural barriers that impact racial and ethnic groups differently to influence where a person lives, where they work, where their children play, and where they worship and gather in community. And here's a tweet from the CDC. Uh, the COVID-19 pandemic has illuminated longstanding racial and ethnic health inequities that have persisted in this country for centuries. Learn more about how CDC is working to understand and measure the health impacts of racism. Okay, now look, there's, there's so much here. What the CDC has now decided to do, the CDC, which is supposed to be in charge of our health and tell us when we can leave our house and who we can see and when we can see them and if we have to wear a mask and a pair of goggles and all of that nonsense, they've decided to go from being a health organization, the Center for Disease Control, which should be worried about diseases and how to control and contain them. They have now flat out said, we are woke, we are political. And in my estimation, that basically means I don't know how I can trust them. They now have decided, Peter Bogosian, uh, my friend who's been on the show many times, who's an assistant professor of philosophy up at Portland State University and one of the great scholars fighting wokeism, he often talks about this. Once an organization allows wokeism in, once you start looking at racial quotas and how many people of this color or gender or, or whatever we should hire for this or that, you've taken your eye off the ball of the, of the real goal. And what would the real goal of a, of a regular company be? What would the real goal of Burger King be? It would be to sell burgers. They would like to make burgers at a profit so that they can make money and also have happy customers and that keeps going and then they can keep growing. Well, what would be the goal of the Center for Disease Control? Would it be to stop racism, which is not something that can actually be stopped unless you wanna kill a lot of people, right? I always talk about the Thanos snap, right? It's like they're gonna have to kill a lot of people if they wanna kill something that is inherent to humanity. You don't want people to be racist. You wanna fight the ideas of racism, but of course, it's the wokesters who are importing racism. Who talks about racism endlessly? Who wants racial quotas? Who's stopping Asians from going to Harvard? Et cetera, et cetera. It's these very people. But once the Center for Disease Control says, okay, our main mission has now gone from, you know, covering and illuminating and discovering ways to stop diseases to, oh, now we've got to stop racism, an amorphous thing that actually can't be stopped? You're a political organization, congratulations. And now the irony is, of course, they've been infected by a virus. The CDC has been infected by a mind virus, which is wokeism. And it will most likely destroy the CDC the way it's destroyed most of our liberal institutions. And they seem to have no way of stopping it. They seem to have no inoculation. They seem to have no vaccine and they'll get what they get. Uh, and then I just thought this was interesting. I, I think this came originally from Larry Elder, my buddy Larry Elder on Twitter. Uh, if you wanna just talk about racism and sort of where we're at with racism, because we always bring this down to police killing people, right? So according to weather.com, lightning kills an average of 49 people each year in the United States. Lightning kills an average of 49 people each year in the United States. Get that in your head for a moment. And now from PolitiFact, Police in the line of duty fatally shot 10 unarmed black people and 20 unarmed white people in 2019. So in 2019, police shot 10 unarmed black people fatally. 49 people uh, died of a lightning strike. Now, I can, we can talk all about police brutality. We can talk about all those things. I'm just trying to juxtapose some silly stuff here in a way, and that's what Larry's point was originally when he tweeted that out. Um, let's also remember the United States, 
and I know I'm gonna get some haters for this one, but I'm ready. The United States is the least racist society in the history of the world. Our founding was based on bringing all sorts of people from all sorts of walks of life, the poor and the huddled masses to come here and have a shot at that pursuit of happiness, to have equality and have a chance at making a better life and almost everyone in the United States in our 250 year history has it better than their parents did and way better than their grandparents and way better before that and that doesn't matter whether you're black or white or Latino or gay or trans or a unicorn or whatever it might be. You've got a chance for equality here and they're trying to change it to equity and it's deeply, deeply dangerous. But you know, the CDC, it's very obvious that these people have been losing their minds for quite some time. Here's that same CDC director, we played this last week, I think, uh, who's, you know, these are the people that are supposed to be calming us down, right? If we had a, if we had a crazy pandemic raging through the world right now, raging through the United States, which by the way, I was talking to some friends last night at dinner, it was at the Parmesan snorting dinner, and I was saying, doesn't this seem odd that how is not one country fallen because of COVID? Like, we're all, every country's doing different things, every state in this case in the United States is doing different things, but why is one country that maybe doesn't have uh, the best way of getting information across or the best systems in place to take care of their people just like completely fallen or their numbers are like 20 times higher than other places? Like, why hasn't that happened in Nigeria, for example? Or just pick any country, whatever you want, like, and it just hasn't happened. But okay, let's put that aside for a second. I was snorting Parmesan. Uh, you have this crazy pandemic and the head of the CDC, you would think she'd be calming people down. But here she is last week. Now is one of those times when I have to share the truth and I have to hope and trust you will listen. I'm gonna pause here, I'm gonna lose the script, and I'm gonna reflect on the recurring feeling I have of impending doom. That's right, she's gonna pause here and lose the script as she keeps looking down and reading the script. Oh, lady, 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 lady. It's all, it's all theater. You know, I've, I've been thinking lately, we're sort of in like the show must go on version of democracy at this point, where none of the stuff is working, like the machine is not working. We didn't even cover the story, how right now Biden has uh, put together a task force to look into expanding the Supreme Court. I mean, I'm telling you guys, they are here to destroy everything and, and we're, we're running out of time, but I don't like depressing you so that we still got a chance. That's the point. That's the point. We still got a chance. But man, it's like she's, you know, on one hand telling us the impending doom's coming. We've got to stop racism. Oh God, these people are clowns. Live your life. Love people. Go out for food. Have sex if you want to. Hang with Hunter Biden. You know, it's better than listening to these dingbats. Uh, all right, I want to do one more. Uh, Marriott Hotels, they are testing replacing their desk clerks with automated kiosks. And of course, that should surprise nobody because the more that the government meddles in what private companies are supposed to do when it comes to paying their employees, the more that private companies will do what they're supposed to do, which is innovate and find better ways to be more profitable. Uh, this is from the New York Post. The world's biggest hotel chain said it's testing automated kiosks equipped with touch screens that can check in guests and spit out room keys, as well as giant vending machines it calls grab and go marketplaces that can dispense everything from coffee to breakfast sandwiches and cereal. 
Marriott said the so-called contactless arrival kiosks are meant to ease customers' fears about getting COVID-19 by interacting with hotel staff. Marriott said 65% of travelers say they wanted the latest technologies to make them feel safe and that 87% of US customers say they would like to see companies continue to offer options that limit in-person service. I wanna say something broadly about this. This strikes me as deeply dangerous. Now, nothing in there, nowhere in there did Marriott say, oh, we're doing this because we don't wanna pay employees. But they're not just doing it for the health and the security of you, okay? They're looking at bottom lines and going, how, okay, we don't have to pay these people as much and we can just replace them. I mean, we can just literally replace them with computers. We can turn on Skynet and Arnold Schwarzenegger is gonna have to, you know, attack the liquid Terminator, okay? That's sort of where we're at with things. But I wanna say something about that last line there because they wanna continue to offer options that limit in-person service. So as I said earlier, last night was the first night that I've been out to an indoor restaurant in about a year and a half. I've only been out in LA maybe twice at outdoor restaurants and then I've been to Dallas and, and Florida which are wonderful and functional places and I love you and I wanna be in you. Um, but, be, but being, <laughs> Um, but being out last night in, in LA, we had a great time. And again, ha Michael's birthday is today, so wish him a happy birthday in the comment section. Um, but I have to say that being out, and this restaurant that I mentioned is my favorite steak joint in LA. It's like just the right amount of LA, like a little bit of celebrity. It's kind of modern and cool. The food's great. Staff is great. There's a couple waiters there who are fans of mine. So we always just have a, a great old time. Actually, that picture that you, may, you guys may remember that went really viral of when the whole IDW crew, me and Rogan and Shapiro and Weinstein and Peterson, we all were having dinner. It was at this place, Boa. But we went there last night and you know, they have the tables separated. Nobody can sit at the bar. Everyone's walking around with a mask inside. I'm not saying anything about masks. I don't even wanna make this about COVID, but I do wanna make this about that last line that I just read, which is that they're gonna continue to offer options that limit in-person service. There's something that we're doing right now that is breaking down human bonds. We are not supposed to just see each other behind plexiglass with masks. You know, it was like, there was nobody, sometimes when I go to a restaurant, I actually do this often if I'm meeting a friend for dinner, I'll usually get there a little bit early and sit at the bar and then I just strike up a conversation with someone. That's what I used to like to do. Like there was some like level of human interaction and we are breaking that down. We are actually breaking that down. If you can't sit at bars, you know, this place used to be packed all the time and it was sort of a who's who and an interesting set of people would be there and it just, we had a great time, the food was great. Again, happy birthday, Michael. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, you liked that feta, what was that? That was the goat cheese phyllo dough uh, balakava, baklava, not the balakava, that was funny. A uh, little callback to an episode about two months ago. Uh, so we had a great time, but it was just like this thing where you're not sitting near anybody. And the waiter, the waiter's got a face shield and a mask and you can't really hear him and he's telling you the, He's telling you the specials at what? What now? <laughs> like everyone, we all start acting like 87 years. Sir, can you repeat that? You've got the steak now? What now? How do you cook that with the who? Anyway, we, we gotta get past some of this stuff, guys. We gotta figure out a way to be a human again, which is why I'm actually having lunch with a friend in just a little bit. Um, anyway, I hope you enjoyed the show today. I I'm thoroughly enjoyed the show today, but I am looking forward to the weekend. We're just gonna chill out, relax over here, probably eat some food, and if you wanna see what we're eating, and what we're drinking and what I'm listening to and all that good stuff, you can go to rubenreport.locals.com. Part three of my interview with Samuel Rodriguez, which is a really interesting interview about faith and about immigration. This is, he's a pastor here in California who's worked for three administrations, worked for GW Bush, uh, worked for Clinton and worked for Trump. 
if you, I'm sorry, no, he didn't work for Clinton. He worked for George W. Bush, he worked for Obama and Trump. So the really interesting pedigree right there. Uh, we, uh, we just put up part three of that, and of course the full thing is up ad-free at rubenreport.locals.com. That's it for me. I've got my iced coffee here, my Parmesan over there, and I'll see you on Monday. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget, you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you want to connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubenreport.locals.com.